behind that song. It was born out of tremendous trial. And uh, what a testament and how oft that song has spoke to us wherever we are at. God bless you. Welcome you to the service tonight. It's just good to be here. It's good to be around the Word of God. And God bless. I sure appreciate everybody that's here, from the song leader to musicians to those the deacons, the sound techs, uh, presentation tech, and the congregation. And <laughs> sure is good to, to be here. I will say, I do like it a little better when there's a few more in number, and we can have full liberty. But I'll take this, and I'll be happy with what I, I'm given. So I, I, I'm just grateful for that. God bless you. We're, we're here, happy to be here. So we... Uh, we just wanted to make mention that we have services scheduled for Sunday with Brother Murphy Wong. I spoke to Brother Murphy today. I told him where we're at and uh, don't know quite how we're going to handle the services on Sunday, but we'll keep you informed. Um, Brother Murphy said he's prepared to speak just as it is, or we can do it some other time. We'll, we'll let you know about that. But let's be in prayer. Let's let the Lord have His way. And I believe God has a mind and I, I'm, I'm not looking to circumstances to dictate. I, I want God to have His way. Amen. Well, let's just uh, change the order of the service directly to the musicians. Thank you. That's all the singing we'll do. We're going to go directly to the Word. Um, and we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you can turn with me, I want to just maybe do a little bit of a, a Bible study if I can and... Uh, just some instruction. Sometimes it's good to just be able to allow uh, the Word of God to permeate and allow it to strengthen us, allow it to establish us. You know, when, when, when Brother Ram said, how do you get closer to God? Well, just read your Bible and pray every day. You know, it wasn't some great glamorous thing. It was just something simple. And we want that to happen in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11, let's read verse 1. Now faith is the substance, it's a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as faith is being enacted, you don't understand, you don't know why faith is doing something, but it's a substance, it's an evidence. For by it the elders obtained a good report, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith has been there from the very beginning and it will be to the very end. Jesus asked a question, when I come again, will I find faith? He didn't say, will I find churches? Will I find schools? Will I find great congregations? He said, will I find faith? 
So that was the question he asked. Now, let's just read a couple of verses here yet. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. Now, let, let me just say something here. Cain also offered a gift. He, he, he also did something, but he did it in a way he thought was better. But Abel did it by revelation, and he did it by faith. And then the Bible says God testified of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet it speaketh. So even though he was killed by Cain, the faith that he had still kept speaking. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now Enoch is a type of where we're at. I believe there's more people that will have a testimony before they're translated that they pleased God. And the pleasing to God is faith is not what we think it is sometimes. Faith isn't going and demonstrating against political parties. Faith is not going and demonstrating against movements that are out there. Faith is doing the will of God. Faith is sometimes quiet, but it, it enacts what God wants us to do. So it says, but without faith, now three things here. First of all, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So it's need faith to please him. You must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're here to be... We're here at your feet. It's a Wednesday night. You know the conditions. You know every place. You know every home. Father, we're apart tonight in, in geography and in place, but we ask you to bring us together into one mind, to one accord. May we hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Lord, you know I don't have words. I don't have the mind. But Lord, we're trying to yield our minds, our thoughts, our words unto you. Therefore, Lord, let us not hear or let us not speak with just the carnal mind. Let us not hear with a carnal ear, but let us hear, speak and hear as you would have us to. Bless every home, bless every need as it's already been prayed, and Lord, we'll give you the glory. And now, Lord, take the word into your hands. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Now. Uh, I want to speak tonight on the measure and outworking of faith, and it'll, it'll be a little more instructional if I can say that. And when we speak of the faith, you know, we're, are you in the faith? Or, you know, we'll ask the phrase, are you in the message? Now, you can do that, but that's a static term. That's a term that's a noun, that's, that's like it's a state of being, the faith. Are you in the faith? But really, faith is an active uh, word, and uh, we'll, we'll go into that. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, if you will, for a moment. I'm going to use a few scriptures. I'll maybe move 
as, as quickly as I can. But the whole thought here is as we're in the Word of God, you know, there's one great principle. Uh, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the Word of God. <laughs> so if nothing else, as we're in the Word of God, you'll be built up by hearing this tonight. So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Paul is speaking here, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not having the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And he says now, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now, I want you to notice all these things. These are all good things. But he says, let's go further. So he says, and this will we do, verse 3, if God permit. And, and so he's, he's, he's bringing, saying, faith is moving. It, it's not just one place, one, you know, we like to settle into our comfort zone. This, this is where I know I'm comfortable. When I pay my tithes, when I show up in church, then I'm comfortable. But faith is sometimes known when there's great trial. Faith is known when there's circumstances that are untoward. So now let's, let's go to drop down to verse 9. Paul would actually go into talking about a group that, that, that leaves God, crucifies them in flesh. That won't we worry going. Says, verse 9. Beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you show the same diligence of the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Over, drop down to verse 15. He's talking about Abraham. And he says, and so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So here's the question. What faith is, how it works, what it is not. Okay? And, and sometimes we, we think we have it, but I, I want to just maybe expand on it a little bit. Listen, let, what faith is, let me just say what it's not. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It has a different outworking in every life. It cannot be put in a box. Do this, do this, and then this will happen. No, it's not one plus one equals two, uh, although it, in a bigger sense it is. Faith is not always seen. Um, it is it is in your past, it is in your future, but it's only made known by what you're doing right now. You can say, well, when ba back there I had faith, and I know when the rapture comes we'll have faith, but it's only measured by what you're doing right now. It lives in the present. Faith is not a state of mind. Faith is not learned. It's not in a system. Faith is in a person. Now, now Paul, Paul would say that, and I'll come to it in a minute. So faith is a lot of different things. Let me, let me read something 
first of all, because sometimes you don't feel like you got a lot of faith. And Brother Branham would talk to the lady that was in the prayer line, and, and you know, he'd say, you know, he'd try to say things now. And then he made a comment when she was touched or she was healed. Now you had more faith than you thought you did. So it's not what we think about our faith. It's actually what we're doing sometimes. Unconsciously, we're acting out faith even though our brain is telling us you don't got very much faith. No, it, it's, it's moving. Okay? I, 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 I got to be careful I don't get ahead of myself. I'd like to just control where I'm going here today. Let, let me take this first of all. Perfect faith. It's a master of all circumstances. It's a master of what happened in the dark ages. It's a master of what happened in the Old Testament. It's a master of what's happening in 2021. Faith works. It still works today. Now he'd say, now, no matter what the circumstances is, that doesn't have one thing to do with it. He said, it masters all circumstances. If it's a room full of sickness, God's revealed a certain thing's going to happen, just speak and go on. How's this going to work out, Brother Ed? I have no idea. That's God's business. I'm just moving on. Why? You're still having church? Yes, we're still having church. Yeah, I'm still gathered. I'm still with the believers. So it masters all circumstances. Faith believes that God will work it out. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he'll do it anyhow. Well, well, you got this, you got this. I don't know. God said so. That's the end of the story. It masters all circumstances. Brother Random will actually say in the same message, a believer is the faith of God that moves in you. That's a believer. A believer isn't somebody that gets his name on a message church directory that shows up on a church. No, a believer is the faith of God that moves in you. Now, let me, let me read one more here. Brother Bannon would say, it's, it's faith in what God's Word says above all that the devil can put up. The Word of God will defeat Satan any place, any time, on any condition if a man or woman dares to take God at His Word. Now, you, you say, how can that happen? Well, it started with a little boy named David who had just a slingshot, and he saw a Goliath. Brother John, I'm glad you sang that, that song, uh, The Battle is the Lord's. What did David say when, when, when he ran to him? He says, the battle's not mine. The battle's the Lord's. But he acted on what God had revealed to him. So that's the same way we are. We are maybe little. Maybe we don't have much. What, what's in your hand? Brother Matty, look at the messages he spoke. What's in your hand? Whatever's in your hand, use it. Whatever God has given to you, use it. It is more than enough. Now, let me, let me just move it along a little bit. I want to read Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to use a few scriptures foundationally here, and we'll do it quickly. Colossians chapter 1, and this is where, very familiar, 
Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Now, we're talking about Christ. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. This is the supreme deity of Jesus Christ. This is the supreme authority of God. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of it, but it's God bringing it to us through Christ. Now, I want to just go back now, Hebrews chapter 1. We'll go to verse 1 and, and take what we read in Colossians for a minute. Now, it says in verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto, his father, unto the fathers by the prophets. So that's number one. Now he says number two, he has in these last days spoken to us by his son by whom he is appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world's. Now, it's the same thing that, that Colossians is saying. It says, by him were all things. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made. You know, and, and it says this in Hebrews 11. But it says, he by whom he also made the worlds. worlds. Verse 3, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, you, we, we, we can get this image in our mind. God just spoke the word because he's God. But the word was the vehicle God used. Now, let, let, me, let me read this because Brother Branham would say it this way. Now, he takes this picture of God speaking the word in the beginning. He said, I see this child playing before the door. It was the sun. It was the logos. He spoke, said, let there be light. And there was nothing. And he says, but then something happened. And Adam turned here, began to whirl this way. The sun came into existence because he said, let there be. There's the authority. Where did that come from? I don't know. There was nothing to make it from. And here, here's a real clincher to the whole thing. We think, well, that's just God. But here's the principle by which God works, works by. He said, he believed his own word. And because he believed his own word, there was light. Now, he says, maybe nothing happened for a hundred billion years, but it had to happen. If you want to call it, it circled, it went this way, it did this. What was God doing? He was writing his first Bible. Now, he'll, he'll go on and say this in a message, angel of God. The dirt that you sit on tonight, that's God's word materialized. Is that true? Where did he get the dirt? He just spoke it. God materialized the word. It formed the earth. And he says, oh, it's so wonderful. It's past finding out. It's the faith that we believe him. And then he says, God believed his own word and it formed the world. Oh, if we had the time to go into these things. So the principle is God believed his own word. God 
God took his word by faith and it had to happen. Now, he links together here in Hebrews 1 the prophets who he moved in times past. He links together Jesus, he's spoken to us in these last days, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the world. So he's bringing these together. He's bringing the Father, the Son, the prophets all into one equation. And he, and he begins to talk about how it, it was faith that enacted all of these things. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I'll just pick up reading here from verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereby you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of private interpretation. Now, that's the part I want to get into here a little bit. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but it said, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So that wasn't just Moses speaking. That was the Holy Ghost in Moses speaking. That wasn't just Ezekiel speaking. That was the Holy Ghost in Ezekiel speaking. They were moved. They were prompted. There was something that directed them. Now, I, I'm, I'm trying very hard not to jump ahead, but I, I, I need to also follow as the Lord leads me. There, there are so many things that, that, that we, we sometimes, were, that are a hindrance to faith. We think, oh, that's just the Old Testament. You know, I'll just, some people think, that's the Old Testament. I, I like to read the New Testament. In fact, some say, I like to read the red letter and give that more than I do what Peter or Paul would say. It's all the Word of God. It's all God all the way through. It's not just one above the other. And if we could recognize it, it comes right down to our door. Now, Brother Bannon would say, the Word is supposed to be in our mouths too. We know that the church is His body. What will be in the mouth of His church? The Word. And he says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Then he references 2 Peter 1, verse 21. The prophecy came not in the old time by will of men, but holy men spake as they were moved. What's wrong with the people of the last day? They've gotten away from the word. They are no longer fervent. They're lukewarm. And he says, I want to prove it. He goes into it. I, I have, I, I've really reflected on what the world is and how Brother Branham takes what he calls, we live in a neurotic world. And, and, and everywhere you look, there are so many opinions offered. Brother Branham would say the voice of God in these last days, there are so many voices in the world. You, you go on the internet and you search anything, you'll find a thousand, sometimes a million opinions on one subject. And sometimes that becomes our first resource. And, and the more we do that, the, the, there's a law of displacement. We only have 24 hours in a day. 
And if, if 23 and a half of those hours are, are filled with other things than the Word of God, how much can God really do with us if we're feeding on all these other things? And how much of a hindrance is that to faith sometimes? You know, the, we, we need to, and Brother Bannon would preach the message on spiritual amnesia, people forget who they are. How do they forget who they are? They're listening to something else. They're hearing other voices that are contrary. And the devil's a master at it. He puts devices at our means. It used to be just a phone, but it's not just a phone anymore. It's, it's, it's texting, it's hearing other people, it's, it's websites, it's, it's chat rooms, it's, it's all kinds of things. And if you're not careful, I, I'll ask the question, how many times have you picked up the phone to phone somebody? <laughs> and you pick up the phone or let's just say you're going to text somebody, but then you see a notification and you jump to the notification and it leads you to another thing and then you put the phone down and then you're thinking, what was I doing? Oh yeah, I was going to phone somebody. But you've been 10 minutes over here and you forgot what you were doing. Listen, let's get real. The world around us has so many devices and they're there to take away from the real thing. i, I got to overcome it. You've got to overcome it. I'll say, we need to give room for the Word of God. And if you, if you don't make room, the devil will take it from you. He's constantly taking it from you. He's a master at it. He's constantly pushing the border. He's constantly challenging where your border is. I, I, I believe I, I, you've got to develop good habits. You've got to develop borders. And, and, and I have been guilty, and I'll say this, if I'm not doing anything else here, I'm here to remind myself and yourself, develop times that you can pick up your Bible and read your Bible. Because that will build faith. And then after you'll say, I, I don't believe any of us are going to get to the other side and say, you know, I really wish I would have taken more time on the internet. I tell you, we're going to regret the wasted hours and years. Oh, I, I, I should play, I, I, you know, I played this game, and gaming such a big thing, and social media is a big thing, and, 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 you know, YouTube can be a big thing. All of these things, I'm not saying they're all bad, but in, in their proper balance. But faith is what we need more than anything. And faith, that doesn't mean you have to be spiritual only. I, I don't just take my Bible. I take the message. I take commentaries. I take testimonies. I, I, I speak to people anything I can to take the principles of God. Hey, listen, that was just a little, that was a little commercial in this whole message. I, I didn't really mean to go there. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. Let's, let's pick this up. How are we doing? Okay. Matthew 13, let's read from verse 10. And the disciples came and they said, Why do you speak to us then in parables? Now I'm, I'm going to take a quantum leap. God that spoke the world by faith in His Word, it all happened. The prophets, the Holy Ghost in the prophets, it all happened. The law typing the shadow. But now here comes Jesus, the personification of God in the flesh. 
And he says, and his disciples say, why are you speaking to us in parables? And he answered and said, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. So in other words, you got a receiving set inside of you that they don't have. You know, so like I said, faith is, is not just following a prescribed order. If it was following a prescribed order, uh, there was seven sons of Siva. They watched Paul casting out a demon one day. And they thought, hey, that's kind of neat. I'd like to do that. You know, and, and Paul did it as the Spirit moved him and led him. They did it as a copycat. And they said, hey, you know problem? We can do the same thing. And they started to speak to the demon. And the end of the story is they left without their clothes, running naked, because the demon says, Paul I know, yeah. uh, you know and, and, and such and such I know, but who are you? Listen, faith is real. You know you have it. God knows you have it. The demons know you have it. It's not just a prescribed order. It's a real thing. It's a substance. So he says now, it's given to you, you know the mysteries, whosoever hath, verse 12, to him shall it be given. He shall have an abundance. Whosoever hath not, to him shall it be taken away from what he has. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear, and you shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and you shall not perceive. Just we'll come to verse 15 right away. God would do that. He would actually allow somebody to read the Bible and not catch it, not intellectually. And I would say, the truth, the precious message we have, though you grew up with it, though you know it, intellectually, emotionally, you understand it, it will never be passed on intellectually. It is by faith. Now he says this, verse 15, for this people's heart is wax gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see with their ear, eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things they see, and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you and have not heard them. Now, there, there is a place that faith is appropriated here. I, I want to just just... Just take this for a moment. When, when God came in flesh, he had writers that made a record of his life on earth. And he selected Matthew. He, uh, he had John by his side. Um, he had others that were around him. Uh, he had Mark. And then Luke actually wasn't there because Luke, the whole book of Luke is a compilation of the events that Luke, the physician, took and recorded from others, and it was all there. But each of these represent a different part of the same God. Now, you can't put God in a box. You can't put faith in a box. I, I want to read something to you. In, if you've got a Schofield Bible, you can read this, but it talks about the four Gospels, and, and I thought this was good. 
The four Gospels record the eternal being, the human ancestry, the birth, the death, the resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man. They are a record of, of incidents, his life, his works. Now, the four Gospels present a complete personality, but not a complete biography. Because it doesn't tell us about what happened but from him from the age of 1 to 12. We heard he's in the temple. But what happened from the age of 12 to 29 before he went into his office? It doesn't tell us these things. But God chose these writers all with a different viewpoint because he knew we as humans would have a different way of looking at things. Now, let me just say this. The Gospels all had anointing. Matthew had a lion anointing. Mark had an ox anointing. Uh, Luke had a personal man anointing. It was just more personal stories. John had the, the eagle, the more uh, poetic type of uh, an anointing. And, and you might say, well, I, I'm just cut out as a, you know, I, I'm just a nut, nuts and bolts kind of guy. Therefore, I like Matthew. John, I mean, man, he got into some things. And you might say, listen, I like the rugged gospel. I, I like the book of Mark. And then some of us will say, I like the personal touch. Now, all of these are true. But they all are, one of them is not complete in itself. In other words, it was God distributing himself among these four writers, and each one of them had a viewpoint. And there's times we need to go back to the book of Matthew to understand something. And yet we won't get the full understanding from the book of Matthew. We have to sometimes go, you know, because Matthew, what did you say there, Matthew? You said, you know, go out and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Well, Matthew, where'd you get that from? You know, and then if, if we're dogmatic and we just take that, it's imbalanced. And it was over Peter, who was over in the book of Acts, chapter 2. He caught the revelation and he brought it out. Now the, the Acts is the life of the Gospels, the same life that was in the personality of Christ, now in a people. So it, it wasn't just, you know, I like John because... He had the deep things. He had the insight. You know, he had the secret things, and I like secrets. Well, if you like secrets, you know, you'll tie into the book of John, and, but if you tell them, they're no longer secrets, secrets. But John, he caught things the other disciples didn't get, and some of them weren't broadcast till after he's gone. But every one of us, here's the point, every one of them represent a side of Christ. Now, we, we, I'm using this because when we talk of faith, sometimes we can get so caught up in saying, you know, the only way that this is is the way I see it. No, it's not only the way you see it. It's not only the way I see it. It's, and in fact, God so much so thought, I'm not going to just have one minister to a generation. I'm going to have five different gifts that operate a different way because it will help the church in different avenues of their life. So, you know, there's a whole spirit on the message that says, you know, it's just around one. The prophet, that's the pure. And, and you're taking away with the very principles that God established to bring a, a, a ministry. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 cannot be done away with. 
It's a part of it. There's a ministry. When he ascended on high, he came down and he gave gifts to men. He didn't come back down in one body, but he came back down in a many-membered body, and he gave gifts to the body that were of himself. So now he, he gave teachers and and prophets, and apostles, and, and, and evangelists, and pastors. And he gave those all to the church. And then, let me, let me just stop there. Just because you're a pastor, you're not cookie cutter, cut in one mold. I think you'll hardly find one pastor that's the same. You might, might have share certain things. You know, and, and evangelists, you know, they, they're, they're always out there. You know, they're under the eagle anointing, and they're always flying, they're doing things. But, but you can't live under an evangelist only. And you have to have a pastor. And then you have to have not just a pastor, you need teaching. And not just teaching, but you need an apostle that has missionary work, that sets things in order, that does things. All of these things are a part of Christ. They work out differently. And we recognize that, don't we? So sometimes, you know, you, somebody will listen into another service from another church. Uh, you know, they said such and such, such and such a way. How come you don't say it that way? Well, it's a different people over there. Now, I know we're part of the same body, but maybe they're dealing with something differently, and, and so we're dealing with something differently. I think we need to look to God, not try to emulate one another. We just need to hear God flow through the brothers that are here. I, th I believe it's been a blessing to me many times to see how God works through one brother and then through another brother. You know, Brother Andrew and I were just talking about the other day. One brings this thought, one brings this thought, and it brings the complete picture together. That's God. I, I'm, I'm saying this, let's let faith, faith is not putting God in a box. It's not putting your brother and sister in a box. Faith has an outworking that's different in every life. Are you good with that? What are we doing for time here? Brother Harold used an example. I always thought it was so good. He said there was these four blind men that were describing an elephant. And so the only way they could describe the elephant was by what they touched or felt or heard maybe. And uh, so they, they all got together after they'd gone to the, to the circus and they were able to touch the elephant. And, and they said, well, what did, what, what, did, what, did, what did you think an elephant is? And one of them said, an elephant is a wall. A wall? Yeah, I touched its side. It's just... It's like a big wall. And it was true. The next one said, what do you think an elephant is? Well, it's like a tree. I put my hand around it. How could it be a wall? It's a tree. Like you just put your hand. It's, it's big. It's, it's solid. You can't move it. It's a tree. Well, the other one says, you guys are out to lunch. It is like a rope. <laughs> Where do you get this tree and wall stuff? It's a rope. I touched its tail. It, it, it didn't know it was a tail, but I, I touched it. It's a rope. <laughs> and finally, the last one, he says, you guys, where do you get all these things from? An elephant is like a vacuum cleaner hose. A vacuum cleaner hose, yeah. I touched its trunk. It's like a vacuum cleaner hose. Well, all of them were right, but each one could be dogmatic and say, this is all that it is, when in truth it was bigger than just the individual revelation that they had. So I, I believe God in the Old Testament, he started, as we've been talking about, crossing borders. You know, he, he did things 
that to the Jews, the Jews are very dogmatic, religious type people. You know, I, I, I think God sometimes had, had pleasure in, in knowing, you know, they like to hoard money or they like to do this. So he would put things in there like, don't pluck the corners of your field. Leave some for the strangers. What? <laughs> you know, I believe that, that, that was tough for some of them to take. And then on top of that, you know, you got these slaves. You've had them for six years. But the seventh year, you got to let them go. What? I just got them trained. They're just making this. No, God, he, he loved to bring it beyond. And I believe God's always breaking the borders of our faith. Don't just come to the house of God. This is it. I know what it is. Brother Adam would say, don't put a period to things. Take everything God has given you, hold it, and get ready for him to move you further. And then the other thing you got to recognize is we're part of a body. There, there's some people that see a vacuum cleaner hose, and there's some that see a, you know, a, a, a rope and a, and a wall. Like, yeah, we're all different, but we all got a part that we play. So God, God had all of these things. So, you know, uh, it's a good thing we don't have the church here because sometimes we refer to the church as I forget which side is which, the Baptist side or the Pentecostal side. And, and we get that saying kind of from what the, uh, just quickly turn, uh, Isaiah chapter 35. Isaiah chapter 35. There is a legalistic approach, and then there is more of a poetic, emotional approach. There is the intellectual side, and then there's the feeling side. Now, they're both real. They're both real. And, and so let's, let's just read what the Bible says here. I, I won't read all. You can read verses, the whole chapter. But in verse 8, uh, Isaiah says, And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though not fools, shall not err therein. Now, no, notice what it says. It said there'll be a highway... And a way. So the highway is the broad way, but in the middle of the highway, there's a way. Now, Brother Branham would often bring this, this quotation up in different places, and he would say, somebody would say, sometimes people go off into error, they go off into the ditch. Now, this highway was constructed, if you ever look at a highway, it's kind of constructed with a crown in the middle, and then it goes off into each side. But in the middle is, is the crown, but it, you, you, if you're not careful, you can go off and you can run into the ditch on either side. But it says in the middle is the right approach. Now, Brother Ram says sometimes people go off on the wrong end. And when you do that, sometimes you jump all the way across and pull over to the other side. And when you get to the other side, so he's saying some people... He, he, he talked about people being formal. And he, sometimes they go all the way over to the other side and they become just on fire like crazy. But he says the real Holy Ghost is in the middle. The genuine Holy Ghost is in the middle. The old cold formals on one side and then the others, so the, the old cold formals, the intellectual, the emotional, the, the, the things on the other side. Now, there's times we, if we're honest, we may be susceptible to one or the other, or we've all drifted. There's times you're not always fervent. There's times you become intellectual. Sometimes I hate myself for how 
I am. Say, Lord, help me. And so he says, the road is built so the water washes the trash to each side, but in the middle of the road, that's where Calvary is. And, and, and now Brother Adam would say, I, I, there, I have a few quotes on this, but I won't read them all. He says, in the middle of the road, you have enough spirit in you to keep you warm and moving. You know enough to keep under obedience to the Holy Spirit, to move as the Spirit moves, just as He leads you. And then he says, now, plant your foundation in Christ Jesus. And, and he says, you know, when a man's converted, he sets his eyes on Christ, but if he doesn't watch, he'll drift over to one side or the other. But I like it where the Spirit flows. I like it when a service moves me, and, and I don't just feel like, yeah, that was good, I'll chalk that up here. I, I, I feel like, Lord, I'm not here listening to a lecture. I want to hear what you're saying to me. I love it when somebody gets up there and sings or cries or weeps. I also like it when somebody preaches the word straight. It's all part of the same gospel. Now, I, I, I really do need to move on. Let, let me take, if I can, the book of Romans. So we're, we're going to just kind of conclude with some of these thoughts. But I want to take the book of Romans. Go to Romans chapter 2. Now, Paul comes out, and remember, Paul was a Jew. He was very dogmatic. You know, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. In so much, he persecuted the Christians, all his learning, all that he did, and he missed Christ completely. And, you know, so you might see somebody like that, but you don't know if there's a seed in there. God knows. So, so Paul, he, he comes to this, and, and, he, and he comes to a place like that, and, and as he comes, now... He hits on the road to Damascus. He, he comes to a pillar of fire experience. And, and he, he must have wondered, where did I go wrong? Like, how did I miss the mark so badly? And then he spends... Now, you think about the Old Testament. What would the Old Testament be if we just had the four Gospels? It, it, how would we know? Well, we'd all try to be like Jesus. We'd wear sandals. We'd, we'd try to do the same things he did. But Paul begins to give a practical outworking. And Paul now takes it to the lives of the people. He takes it to different groups of people with different influences and different situations. And we can identify with all of these churches. There's times that you, 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 people come out of the Galatian-type church, or they come out of the Corinthian church, or they come out of the Ephesian church. But all of these churches had characteristics, but Paul speaks to them, trying to divide the word and say, now, you got to have faith. Here's how you got to enact it. And each time it's different. So let's, let's read, first of all, just Romans chapter 2, verse 11. Paul, Paul speaks to the Romans. I, 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 I won't go through all of this, but if you follow it through. He says, now, there is no respect of persons with God. Now, he's speaking this in a Roman jail. It's going back to the Jews. The Jews who thought they were everything. We're God's people on the earth. And Paul writes, there's no respect of persons with God. And they're going, what? And, and he says, For as many have, as have sinned without the law shall perish without the law. As many have sinned in the law shall be judged in the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be just before God. Now Paul doesn't stop there. He says, now, 
when the Gentiles, he's, could you imagine the Jews hearing this for the first time? Could you imagine being the minister to read Paul's letter in, in the synagogue that day? And now you come to this phrase and you go, I'm going to say that. Well, that's how we feel sometimes too. But he says, when the Gentiles, which do not have the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having a law are a law to themselves, the law of the spirit of life, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their thoughts also, uh, their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So he's, he's talking all of this and he's telling them, before you get so set up that it's just the legal part of this, look at what God did for these people. Now just jump over to verse 28. And he says, and you're Jews? You want to know who a Jew is? A Jew is this. For he is a Jew which is not one outwardly, neither of the circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Paul actually gets into the Philippians. There's many among you, they desire to have you circumcised in the flesh. you got to do this before you're ever going to be entered into our assembly. If you don't believe, you know, such and such, if you don't see this, no, hang on a second. Everybody came from somewhere. Everybody's going somewhere. God deals with each one as he will. Now he says, but he is a Jew, verse 29, that is one inwardly, and circumcision is, circumcision is of the heart, in the spirit, not of the letter, whose praise is of men, but, not of, but of God. So, you know, he, he's now trying to take them beyond this regulatory type life that you've moved into. But now God has given us grace. There's something new that's come forth. Let's just jump over to chapter 3. We'll go over to verse 21. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, drop down to verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And he, he says a few more things here, but in verse 7 he says, where is your boasting? Sometimes we, you know, God gives us a revelation and we think, <laughs> I got it. And, and we, look, we have a tendency to look down. That, that's, not, that's not real faith. That, that's just self-justification. But God wants us to have faith, not just for ourselves, but for one another. To, to allow us all to be able to move forward with God. Just go to chapter 4. I'll pick up just something here in verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was to Abraham or his seed, not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. So, so he, Paul is laboring here in the book of Romans, and, and he gives a certain, he's trying to really bring in faith and how faith works and do all these things. But let, let's just look at a group of people that he had to deal, deal with in that time as well. Let's just go over to Galatians. So the Galatians, you know, he, he gives this, Galatians chapter 1, he gives this really nice greeting in Galatians chapter 1, verse 5, you know, I'm Paul, I'm apostle, grace be unto you. And then in verse 6, he, he doesn't spend a lot of time with the introductory or laying a foundation. He just goes right to this. 
I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Jesus, unto the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. Hold it, Paul, like you didn't even lay a foundation. You just cut right to this. Look, look at how Paul is dealing with them. He says, you, you started a certain way, but now you're, you started with grace, but you're going back to the law. What's with you? Friends, you, you look at where God reached down and called us. I mean, geographically, it's a mystery. I just have to look at Brother Max, above all people. A brother who came from Ghana, spent enough time in Ireland to pick up an Irish accent, and now he's in the northern country of Canada, ministering to us. Now listen, I never put that together. Only God could put that together, Brother Max. And God bless you. We appreciate you. And then he takes somebody like Brother John, homegrown, raised in a family, played church when he was young, but now God uses him. And then he says, hey, I need somebody who's got a little bit of French influence. Ah, Brother Moses. You know, he, he comes all the way from Congo, goes to Europe, comes to Canada. He's here. You know, and, then, and God says, yeah, that's not enough. He needs a Zimbabwean wife. You know, and, and, and uh, she's got a little bit of liberty, you know. And, and so, but God puts all of that together. But we want to put everybody in a box. Oh, that's just so-and-so. That's just, no, you need to see the God part in so-and-so. You need to see the God part in one another. And make room for that in your thinking. Are we good with that? I have to do it. I have to accept that not every service is for every person. Not every service is going to speak to everyone alike. That's God. He does it sovereignly. It's, I, I'd pray, pray and try to do it the, the best I can, but God is the one who's in charge. So he spends time here in, in the book of uh, Galatians, and he talks in verse 6, 7, but let's just drop down to verse 10. And he, and he oh, I, I can't read all of this. Do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? If I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. And he, he goes on, I'll, I'll just summarize it. He says, the gospel I received, it's not of man. You know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't taught it, but I received it by revelation. I, and and he, look at my background, guys. I, I excelled in the Jewish religion above all, but he says in, in verse 15, but when it pleased God to, who separated me and called me my grace... I didn't confer with my brethren. I didn't go and take a straw with all the other disciples. Now, what's the way of doing this? What's the way? He says, I went into the wilderness. I sought God. Now, and he he tells all of this, and, you know, he goes into chapter 2. In fact, so much, God revealed it in me. I certify that what I've heard, if you don't listen to what I've heard, now, this is really a bold statement. Not everybody can make this. If you don't listen to my message, uh, it's of God. And by my message, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Whoa. That's not in the red letter, Paul. No, but it was the Spirit of God in a man. And so he, he, he recognized it. So in chapter 2, you know, he hears about Peter. Peter is, is kind of waffling a little bit. And, you know, this is, this is in the book of Galatians for a reason. He's trying to tell the Galatians. So he uses an example. He said, Peter was a Jew. Among the Jews, he conducted himself one way. Among the Gentiles, he conducted another way. So it was the law one day, and then it was faith the other day. He said, you can't do that. He says, in fact, when I went up there, I withstood him to the face. You, you mean you, in front of everybody? Yeah, he said, I did that. And, and Peter actually says, you know, and our beloved brother Paul, of whom speaks many things that it's hard to understand. 
You know, but, but Peter got it. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm saying all of this. He spent, had to spend a lot of time laboring with the Galatians. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. And he says, you know, here he is really coming to the heart of his church. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You know, and then he says, verse, chapter in verse 2, Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we try to dictate. I, I, I say, Lord, let the Spirit have its liberty. Let the Spirit have its way. Yes, we'll preach the gospel. But how God chooses to work it in every life, that's up to Him. Now, I, I, He says also in chapter 3, my, I'm not going to read all of this. Uh, he talks in verses 10 to 13 about how you stay under the law, you're cursed. But let's go to verse 19. Wherefore serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come. And then he, he drops down to verse 22. The Scripture is that all under are under sin, but the promise of faith was of Jesus Christ. Verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up to the faith that should afterwards be revealed. Therefore, the law was a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by the faith. And after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. He had to take a lot of time to teach these people. Now, maybe this doesn't bother you, and you might think, well, no, I'm not under that. I'm not, I'm not legalist. I'm, but let's just drop over quickly to the other side. I'm going to go quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now Paul is speaking to another church, and these are the Corinthians. You know, the Galatians are, we have the law type people. The Galatians were the, we have the prophets type people. Because it shows up very quickly, Paul again tells them such and such, but then, then he comes down to verse 10, 11, and he says, it's been declared to me of the house of Chloe that there's contentions among you. And he says, one of you says, I am of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And, and he, he's saying, hang on, you're, you're, you're lifting up this, and you're saying, this is the only guy you can listen to. This is the only guy. And you, and you pick your favorites. And Paul says, no, that's wrong. That's not the right thing. And he says, is Christ divided? Verse 13, was Paul crucified you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Sorry, Ethan, just, just jump over to chapter 3 for a moment. <laughs> and Paul says, Brethren, I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but you're carnal. And he, and he says, there, verse 3, you, there's envying and strife and divisions. One says, I'm of Paul. Another, Apollos. You're carnal. Listen, there's an element of Galatians in the message. There's an element of Corinthians in the message. And... If you stay on either side, I'm not saying it's all wrong, but if you stay on either side, you're off on the ditch. Yeah. It's in the middle. Somebody says, well, I'm not like any of those people. I'm of Christ. And what does Paul say about that? Um, actually, he said it in verse 1. He says, and some say, I'm of Christ. He says, you're carnal. 
Who, who are all these people? It's, they're all one. It's all the same spirit. It's all the same outworking. And he has to spend a lot of time with them. Jump over to 1 Corinthians 8. I've got one or two more scriptures. We're going to close. Now he, he speaks in, in chapter 8, and, and he says now, and, 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 and if you want, take time with this, but he says to the Corinthians, there is, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, one Lord Jesus, by whom we are all things, and we by him. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge. Now he begins to talk about this act of, of conscience regarding an idol, and, and he says, and how you eat meat, and how you do this, and how you do that. And he says, it's not the meat that's wrong. It's not that that was wrong. And he's saying, verse 9, Take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. You know what? I'm not really doing justice to this. But let me, let me just say this. Let me finish this thought. If any man see that has knowledge sits at meat at an idol's temple, shall not of conscience of him that is weak. So in other words, you can do something, you know, maybe by faith. Paul, Paul would say in another place, all things are lawful, not all things are, ex are expedient. In other words, God gives you faith for something, but if you know it would cause a stumbling block to somebody else, you don't make it an issue. And, and in fact, you try to help someone move along. You might think, this is absolutely the truth. God showed it to me, and it may be. But he's saying, use some maturity. He says now, if, verse 11, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish to whom God has, Christ has died, you sin against your brethren, you wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Now, you might say, Paul, you're, you're double-tongued in what you're saying. You told Peter not to, make, to eat pork and certain things, but now you're telling everybody, you know, I won't eat meat if it makes somebody be offended. Paul, like, like, where are you going? Paul was showing the extreme depending who he was talking to. So there is a faith that we all have, but we need to recognize not everybody's at the same place. We are coming to it. My, my, my. I, I, there is more I could read. I'm going to just pick this up. Musicians come. In 1 Corinthians 10, he will, he will bring this in. Verse 23, all things are lawful. For me, all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me. All things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but let every man seek another man's wealth. I'm not going to go through all of this, but in verse 33 he says, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Okay, we're going to stop there. Let's stand together. God bless you. I, I uh, tried to bring just a, just a little bit. I, 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 I'm, I got probably more I could bring into it, but I, I trust you ca caught something out of that. There's, a, there's, there's things that are, you know, they're, uh, as we would call, red letter. <laughs> there's other things that are there, and, and you can act one way, but it's, it's the faith of God that moves you. Uh, play something softly, softly, Sister Julia. Sometimes God will lead you to something. There was a time when 
Billy Paul was watching Brother Branham, and somebody came and asked Brother Branham a question. And Brother Branham said, he gave him an answer, that this is what I believe. And then another man came not long after and asked the same question. And Brother Branham answered differently. And Billy Paul was a little perplexed how he answered one way to one and one way to another. But it was a different set of circumstances. So sometimes what one person does with motive and objective, so that's where you got to look at motive and objective and say, Lord, I'm doing this because I believe it's you. Now that comes from God. The other person could do the same thing, but it could do it just to copy that person. Now we need to be directed by God. A believer is the faith of God that moves in you. And so we want to be take our directions, our marching orders from on high. Lord, it's by faith that I want to live, that I want to move. God might take one portion of Scripture and make it real to you and not to the next person. He may take a service, inspire something to one and not to the other. That's His prerogative. Now, that doesn't mean some are baptized this way and some. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those things are the faith. <laughs> yeah, we, we ought to catch that revelation simultaneously. But I'm saying there is different paths we all take and we want to be led of God. I'm living by faith in Jesus. So let's stand together. I care not today what tomorrow may bring if shadow or sunshine or rain the Lord I know ruleth for everything and all of my worry is made I'm living by Above. I'm trusting, confiding in His great love. I'm safe from all harm in His sheltering arm. I'm living by faith, and I feel no Tempests may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The Master looks on at the strife. I'm living by faith in Jesus above. I'm trusting, confiding in His great love. I'm safe from all harm in His sheltering arms. I'm living by faith and I feel no safely will carry me through, no matter what evils betide. 
I bear thine care, those storm clays. If Jesus walks close to my side, I'm living by faith in Jesus above. I'm trusting, confiding in His great love. I'm safe from all harm. It is sheltering. I'm living by faith. 